بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on Nahj al-Balagha brought to you by Mizan Institute. الذي لا يدركه بعد الهمم ولا يناله غوص الفطن We had begun discussing sermon number one of Nahj al-Balagha and I just want to go back and repeat the overview that I uh, gave in the first uh, in the previous episode where I mentioned how of course in this sermon a lot of different beliefs that we have in Islam are discussed from God to the prophets all the way to other things and even ending with Hajj now the part that has to do with God and his qualities I explained how there are 12 characteristics that Imam Ali mentions these 12 characteristics of God they can be divided into four groups the first group is made up of three characteristics of God that we discussed in our last session number one was Alhamdulillah لا يبلغ مدحته القائلون that you know no matter how much you want to praise him you just can't anyone who can talk anyone who can say anything anyone who wants to praise cannot be able to praise him will not be able to praise him properly number two ولا يحسي نعماءه العادون those who have an expertise in counting even will never be able to count the blessings that he has showered upon existence upon creation ولا يؤدي حقه المجتهدون and even if all of the above were possible and one wanted to at least live up to what Allah has done for us would wanted to make it up to Allah they still would fall short they wouldn't be able to so that was the first group of qualities of God they have to do with the fact that they're letting us know that practically you will never be able to do what you're supposed to do to live up to that which Allah deserves that was the first batch the first group of qualities that was made up of three so we have, as I said, we have 12 qualities of God that are discussed. The first three make up the first group. Then we have the second group of qualities that Imam Ali talks about. Those are two that we're going to talk about in this episode. Where the Imam says, With these two qualities, the Imam wants to let us know that, look, you will never be able to even describe him. All right. So in the first set of qualities of God, the Imam, what he established was the rule that you will never, never be able to practically do what you need to do towards God to live up to what he's done to, for you, to live up to the right he has over you. The second batch of qualities is trying to tell us that, look, not only can you not practically do what you need to do in regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can't even understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to begin with. Then the third batch, which is made up of four qualities, there are four things that the Imam mentions in that third batch. They have to do with the fact that you can't even describe God. There's no it's impossible to describe him. So in other words, like don't think you're the problem. I mean you are the problem in the sense that you're limited. But the real problem is the fact that he's unlimited. Because he's unlimited, a limited being can never do justice to an unlimited being when it comes to understanding or describing him. That's the third batch of qualities, which is made up of four qualities. And the last batch will go back to three qualities that have to do with God, God's creation and how we can understand God's greatness through his creation. So that gives us the numbers of three, two, four, and three, which adds up to the 12 
that I had mentioned before. I hope I'm not confusing anybody with numbers here. All right, so let's move. Uh, we discussed the first batch in our last uh, session. In this session, what we want to do is discuss the second batch at least, and if we get time, we want to also discuss the third batch. All right, so the second batch, what is it saying? It's saying that if in the first batch of qualities you are not able to practically do what you have to to be able to make it up to God, to live up to God's right over you, I'm going to tell you as the second batch of qualities that you can't even understand God to begin with. Like sometimes you can understand somebody and you and, and what they're all about and you just can't live up to them, uh, live up to the right they have over you practically. Sometimes you've understood how great a person is, how praiseworthy they are, how much they've done for you, but you just can't make it up to them. Sometimes you don't even understand them to begin with how great they are. And that's what this second set of qualities, which is two qualities, or two things that the Imam says, is telling us. It says, الذي, The one who لا يدركه بعد الهمم ولا يناله غوص الفطن So it's pretty cool how the mind and intellect is being spoken of here. So the translations that you'll find will say, whom the height of intellectual courage cannot appreciate and the divings of understanding cannot reach. So let me go word for word here. Bu'dul himam. Bu'd here has been translated to height. That's not bad. Himam means, is the plural of himmah, an effort. And so here what is meant by effort isn't that the fact that you're trying to physically run towards God but you can never reach him. But no, the efforts cannot reach him intellectually because everyone knows God doesn't have a certain place yes, in space that you have to try to reach but you'll never reach because he's so far away. So this is metaphorical speech here. And what is meant, these commentators have said, is that he is so far away to be reached intellectually. So no matter how hard the minds try to reach him, no matter how high the minds fly, so to speak, to reach him, they won't be able to reach him. Not because he is far away physically, but he's far, he's, he's just impossible to grasp uh, intellectually. So, Bu'd means distance, height. And the diving, the deep diving of the smarts of people, of the intellects of the people, cannot reach him either. So no matter how high you go, no matter how deep you dive, you still won't be able to reach him, intellectually speaking, of course. Or else physically, we already know it's impossible to reach him because he doesn't even have a space. He doesn't have a place to reach. Ghawsul fitan. Ghaws means to dive. Fitan is the plural of fitna. Now in Arabic, we have a word fitna with a ta that has two dots on it. And we have fitna with a ta, the heavy, heavily, heavily pronounced ta. These are two totally different words. They should not be confused with each other. So here it's fitan, which means intellects, which means smarts. No matter how deep they dive, they will not be able to reach him. And this will be kind of an introduction to the third batch and set of qualities of God. These two are getting us ready for the third group. These two qualities that we had in the second group. They're telling us that, okay, if you, you cannot understand them. Well, if I can't understand them, then of course I won't be able to properly 
and accurately describe him. And that brings us to the third set of qualities here of God that Imam Ali mentions. They, these are four that the Imam mentions that have to do with what? That have to do with the fact that you can't describe him. Okay? Four things that the Imam mentions here. Alright, let's talk about this first quality mentioned in the third batch of qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَيْسَ لِصِفَتِهِ حَدٌ مَحْدُودٌ When it comes to his description and describing him, there is no حَدٌ مَحْدُودٌ Number one, if you want to describe him, how do you describe things, brothers and sisters? You describe things using terms that will determine the boundaries of something. For example, when you're describing something, uh, uh, let's say a house, you will give square footage as part of its description. Why? Because that's what will set it apart from everything else. That is where the boundaries of this, ho of this home are. When you say it's 3,500 square feet and, it's, and this house is sitting on this hill or on this road, that means, all right, this is the scope of the house. This is, these are the boundaries and the limits of the house. So I can understand this house extends to this point from all four sides, let's say. All right, so this is just an example, by the way, this house example. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where are you going to draw the lines, yes, and to, to, to confine him within those boundaries to show that, okay, this is what God is. This is where he is. This is how he is. He's this tall. He's this big. He's this small. He's this color. He's that. No, no, no. You don't have anything. There is no limits. There are no limits that you can restrict him with so that you can show, okay, you can describe him and say, okay, this is what he is and what's it, what sets him apart from others and makes him other than the rest. There is no limit to him. That is one way we can explain this line of Another way of also, and these aren't mutually exclusive by the way, another way we can also explain this line is that look, because God is never ending, then his asifa and his tawsif describing him will also be never ending. There will be no end to describing him, in other words. If I want to describe him, it's going to take forever. And this is something that the Imam kind of might mention later as well. So there is some overlap between these four qualities in this third batch of qualities that we're discussing here. But as I said, one way, another way that we can explain this line is that he is never ending. And because he is never ending, there will be no end and no limitation and no limits to his description as well. Think about it. Depending on how great that which you want to describe is, the description will also be great. The more you have to say about something, the more it, it will take for you to say stuff about it. Sometimes something is very simple. It has nothing special to it. It takes you like five seconds to describe it. Sometimes something has everything to it. And so describing it will also be something very taxing for an individual. Okay, so let's move on now. وَلَا نَعْتٌ مَوْجُودٌ This is the second quality in that third batch where the Imam says, and there is no na'at that exists that can be used for him. Na'at in Arabic means adjective, something used to describe, which I would say here probably means just any term. 
You want to use a word for him or words for him. You just can't. There is no word out there. There is no term out there that exists that what can use to be able to describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, wala waqtun ma'dud. If you want to describe him, there is no time frame in which you would be able to describe him in. Right? Usually people don't have all the time in the world and all the time in their lives to sit down and listen to you describe one object to them. Correct? Here the Imam is saying as if I'm looking for a time frame in which I would be able to describe God in that time frame. There is no such thing. There is no waqt, time, that is ma'dud, that is is specified. It can be counted. Yeah? A time that can be counted. In other words, a time frame, a given time frame. There is no such thing in which we would be able to describe him in. And you know, and after we're done in that time, we're like, okay, we can sit back and rest assured that we did a 100% job, a 100% accurate job in describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no such thing. While we all know, we don't live forever, brothers and sisters. We don't live forever. So no matter how long you're going to live even, you won't be able to achieve such a time frame in which you would be able to, to do justice in describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا أَجَلٌ مَمْدُودٌ And there is no time that is stretched or a deadline you can say. Ajal can mean different things here. But I would say ajal means kind of like deadline. A point that you reach on a timeline that is stretched out to way out there, that gives you all the time you need even. Still, there is no point, no matter how far out, that one can, after reaching that point, be like, hey, I, I did a good job here, I did justice to describing God, and we're set. God has been described fully and accurately. No, no. So as you can see, brothers and sisters, these four, they are separately mentioned, but they do overlap a little bit. I tried my best to explain them um, in, in a way that can be understood, inshallah. So that is the second and third batches for you of qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that let us know that, listen, it's not just you understanding what God is all about, understanding His blessings or whatever, and then you just not being able to praise Him the way He deserves to be praised, or you living up and to and fulfilling the right He has over you. No, it's not even about that. You don't even know what's going on when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we will have an understanding of Allah. It's not like we have total jahl to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, total ignorance to Him. No, we have an understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an itself mentions different traits of God, describes God to an extent. But we will never have a true understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we have grasped His essence completely and entirely. No, that is never the case. And that's why when we look in the tafasir, the commentaries of the Holy Qur'an, and see what they say in regards to verses 159 and 160 of Surah As-Safat, what we find under this verse, the verse is saying, Allah is immaculate and higher than that which these people say about Him. Except for one group, the ibadullah al-mukhlasin, those who Allah has purified, which are the prophets, which are the saints, which are the, um, we would say as Shia, the imams, these individuals, the chosen ones, and maybe awliyaullah, even people who are not ma'soom, but have reached the point that they are mukhlas, they have been purified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we look at this verse, the tafasir say that yes, these people, when they are describing Allah, they have an idea, let's say, 
they have an idea of what they're talking about versus others. Others will say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is great, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is kabir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing, all knowing. But look, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, we are limited physical beings. And so whatever we attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will be attributing in as it goes through our lens, which is a materialistic lens. If we say Allah is all-powerful, the power we're attributing to Him is something similar to the power we see in this life. And it'll be of the same genre, so to speak. But while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His power will be at another level. It's not even comparable. We'll think that, okay, one a person has power and Allah has power. Allah's power is like a million times more. No, 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 it's not even the same genre. You can't even compare them. It's apples and oranges. And so, and the same goes with all of other God's attributes. Only the ones who are ibadullah al-mukhlasin, according to these verses, are the ones who know what they're talking about when they speak of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, once again, this doesn't mean that they have a total grasp of Allah's essence. We all know that Allah's essence can never be grasped 100% for anyone, but they at least know what they're talking about. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praising them in these verses. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.